This is Beer and Hymns, the podcast, where we look at the stories and people behind the hymns we know and love. We consider what they mean to us today, and of course, we sing. This is Episode 5, To God Be the Glory. Welcome back to the Beer and Hymns podcast. Yeah, that's a good one to start with. It really was. Lots of energy I mean, there. today. Yes. For this episode, this is the right song to start with it for is, this episode. It is it's the, the only song for this episode, actually. <laughs> I'm glad we started with this one today on this episode. Yes. Yeah. This was To God Be the Glory by Fanny Crosby. Ah, Fanny. She's got a lot of hits, doesn't she? She does have a lot of hits. She's one of the superstars. Um, of the hymn writing world. Um, the music was written by William Howard Doan, and it was published originally in 1870. Well, in, all right. Yeah, way back that in the That was like the golden age of hymns, I think. There, a lot of really 1850s, was. 60s, and 70s, like, it's the classic Boom. rock of the 1800s of hymns. It is. Everyone wrote the best stuff in the 1800s, yeah, right yeah. in that sweet spot. I think you're right. I think it's because that's when Fanny Crosby was writing, because she is like single-handedly... She's the queen of this stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, it was in Doan's 1870 Songs of Devotions, uh, or Devotion, uh, which I'm sure you have that volume at home. Yes. Yep, yep, you do. Uh, First edition. Good. Um, That's worth something. Um, It was later picked up by a guy named Ira Sankey and put into his Sacred Songs and Solos five years later. Interestingly enough, he also developed the Sankey beer coupler which we use today as a way of coupling the lines to the taps from the oh maybe no i think it was his brother oh uh, yeah the sankey is the name of the uh, keg coupler that we use you know to to tie it back into the beer oh really that's a real thing that no yeah that's definitely a real thing i'm not making making, that up that's real man i thought you were just making stuff up on the spot but that's pretty amazing those sankeys well ira sankey um probably not of beer fame Mm. because he was the song man who worked with D.L. Moody, ah. which we referenced. Uh, come, back, come back around to Moody. He's all about it. Uh, it was during Moody's evangelism campaigns. Sankey was like the song dude, the mm-hmm. soloist, mm-hmm. Um, who would handle a lot of the music, apparently. Um, and he introduced the hymns, uh, the hymn to British audiences during Moody's campaigns uh, in Great Britain. And Moody, and Moody was a Brit. That was during the early 1870s that uh, Sankey used these in Moody's campaigns. So the hymn was relatively unknown in the United States. It was not included in many hymnals, even though Fanny Crosby uh, was working in the U.S. And she was probably a hymn editor. 
And, well, no, she was just a, a, a lyricist. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really interesting how her life played out. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. So it was not very popular in the U.S., even though it was written by Fanny Crosby in the U.S., until a guy named Cliff Barrows. Do you know him? You ever heard that name? Of uh, the Wheel Barrows family? Ah, yes. Um, well, no. No. <laughs> not even close. No, then I don't. Um, Cliff Barrows was kind of the song man for Billy Graham. Okay. So, oh. So Billy Graham did his crusades. So you got Sankey working with uh, D.L. Moody. Yeah. And you've got Cliff Barrows as like kind of the similar role like for Billy Graham. 80 years later. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cliff Barrows um, got a copy of this song to use in a London crusade in 1954. So you got Graham going over there. Uh-huh. Like, we need some songs that the Brits are going to love. It's like, dude, use this one. This is popular over here. Right. So they used it in, in London, and they were like, wow, everyone loved it. Uh-huh. We need to take it back to the U.S. So they used it at a Nashville crusade following that London one. Again, such positive reception, they put it into the regular rotation, and thus it became popular in the U.S. Huh. Yeah. There you go. So whatever Billy Graham touches turns to gold. Yeah. Um, he yeah. was the Chris Tomlin of his day. It, kind of. Maybe. I not mean, so much. Tom, Tomlin's the singer, right? Yes, Graham true. was the preacher. So Cliff Barrows, was, is, yeah, yeah, the, was the Tomlin of his day, exactly, working now, for Billy Graham. Yes, yeah, yeah, we got it basically. <laughs> so hymnologist uh, William Reynolds wrote in 1964 that it is pretty ironic that an American hymn would have to be exported to Britain and then re-imported oh. to the U.S. to gain popularity. Interesting. It is odd how that bounced back and forth. Yeah, sort of like an IPA. Yes, if you want a corollary when beer. <laughs> Which apparently is all I do here. Wait, so what, how does how does that? Well, the IPA was a British beer. Okay. Ostensibly, it was really hopped up so that it could survive the travel from Britain over to India. Okay. Why India Pale Ale IPA? Do, do the hops keep it like fresh or something? Theoretically, theoretically, okay. but the hops degrade over time too, so it's sort of a give and take. Um, and and I think that they've said that that sense has sort of been disproven a little bit, but it makes a good story. Yeah, but totally does. The, the Brits exported it to, I mean, it was British colonists living in India that were drinking it all, but gotcha. then it kind of came back to Britain later on in, in the years and started selling domestically. Whereas at that time, domestically, they were just selling porters like crazy. Everybody just wanted dark, strong beer. So so it was an export that became an re-import that came success. That, that came back and got popular after it had been exported to India. All so, right. So this, this hymn is like the it, IPA of hymns. It is like the <laughs> IPA of hymns. I'm glad we learned that today. Um, now, theologically in the hymn, uh, Crosby blurs the lines a little bit between the father and son, which maybe is a good thing with the, the whole like Trinity, the mystery in there. Uh, in the refrain, you've got the line we just sang, um, oh, come to the father through Jesus the son mm-hmm. and give him... Which one? We don't know. Give him both? the glory. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Great things he hath done. Now, maybe that's a small point, but uh, and maybe it also helps. I mean, come to the Father through Jesus the Son does seem pretty so theologically the, strong. So there's the distinctiveness, uh-huh. but then afterwards the pronoun is much more... Muddled. Muddled. And, yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. But right. I think they both did some good stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, okay. That's All probably... Right. that. That's not my personal critique. That's ah. just... And, and criti- a critique. We gather all the critiques for you, dear listener. To, we to sort out for yourself. Yes, you with, decide. You know, some guidance. Yes. So Fanny Crosby is the one who wrote the lyrics. She was born in New York in 1820, okay. died in Connecticut in 1915. So she lived almost a century, a long life. Um, She wrote over, get this, 8,000 hymns. What? 
8,000 hymns in no her way. lifetime. Yes. 8,000. Okay. In 88, 90 years. I mean, that's 100 hymns. That's a, a hymn every three days of her life oh, from she, birth until death. It gets crazier. She Well, she was known as the queen of gospel songwriters. Um, as I mentioned earlier, she is the queen of this stuff. She began writing hymns at age six. She became a student at the New York Institute of the Blind at age 15. She had been blind since infancy. Um, and she actually said of her blindness... It seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life, and I thank him for the dispensation. Oh, well, I mean, that gives you some focus. It totally does. Ironically. Yes. She said, if perfect earthly sight were offered me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. When I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. Wow. That's deep. I know. She's like a giant like reading about this stuff in the photos i've seen she seems fairly small in in stature but man she is a giant in the faith um so there must have been days where she wrote like 20 hymns oh yeah yeah there's she talks about her process we're gonna get to that it's oh she's got a whole process for this are we gonna get to that on this episode or in a future fanny episode (laughs) there are a lot of fanny facts yeah Um, we'll just get to all that we can i guess okay probably this one i mean you could sprinkle them throughout all the fanny episodes we could have fanny week I think there'd be way too many to fit in uh, even one single week, I feel like. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Now, her one of her biographies, Annie Willis, said that her blindness actually con- contributed to her prodigious memory. Get this. This is, again, she's totally showing us up here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to say she memorized the Bible, aren't you? Uh, not entirely. Starting age 10, she memorized five chapters of the Bible each week. Wow. Okay. So by age 15, she had memorized 15 she had memorized all four Gospels, the Pentateuch, Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, and many Psalms. Oh, that's a pretty good set to to memorize. That's a really good set to memorize. She's... I once had a uh, high school science teacher who had memorized like the Gospels and was working on something, some other parts. Man, yeah, yeah. it was like his thing, and I'm like, that's that's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know, if, I don't know, I've never experienced photographic memory. I don't know if you can just remember any part of it at any time or if you like you know it's like doing the state capitals where you got to be like right. alabama Alaska. you got to like go through them all to figure out which one is right. in order you got yeah. sequence yeah that's amazing yeah i mean i thought i was hardcore when i would get like a badge at like awana for memorizing oh. like you know two verses verse. yeah, yeah exactly uh-huh. Uh-huh. wow i'm so great i deserve a brownie yep um and a but, sticker yes and this is way more you did awana huh um back in the day i did oh, for a little wow. while yeah did you ever do Awana? I didn't, but there was Awana in Oregon okay. that our girls did for like a semester or whatever. Okay. When they were like four. So they were tiny. Okay. I never yeah. knew what Awana means except for like, I want to go there. Like yeah. I, yeah, that's, I assume I that's, don't think what, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll stop making stuff up then. <laughs> um, so she, Fanny Crosby, joined the faculty of the New York Institute of the Blind, age 22. She taught history and rhetoric. Some hymn publishers were hesitant to have her put so many hymns in their hymnals uh, because it was from a single individual. Mm. Because, like, it, I don't know if it makes them look bad because yeah. they're just, like, being lazy. Like, sure, we'll take, you know, yeah. 600 of these hymns from this one person. Right. Um, so she, Fanny Crosby used some aliases. To Smart. Get, yeah, to get it's around. It's like Stephen King, right? Yes. Like, you don't, he doesn't publish under his own name anymore because everybody's like, well, duh, that's going to... If he wants to yeah. find out if he's really got his got it together anymore, he's got to do Start it under a fake scratch. name. Yeah. Right. So she, some of her aliases she used include... Oh, this, uh, this should be good. Oh, yeah. We got Mrs. A.E. Andrews, Mrs. E.A. Andrews, oh, Mrs. E.L. Andrews. What? Yeah, you got all these Andrews. Um, let's see. What was Andrews her maiden name or something? Uh, 
I don't think so. No, because her maiden name is Crosby. Um, she married a guy later in life. Oh. She didn't take his name, and ah. she was encouraged. Like I think her husband told her not to take his name. Like you're doing your thing. Keep yeah, you got to keep the brand alive. Yeah, he was probably is, like brand awareness back then. Yeah, he's a marketer. Um, so other names include James L. Black, Henrietta E. Blair, Charles Bruce, Robert Bruce, Leah Car- Carlton, Eleanor Craddock, Ella Dare, Ellen Dare, Mrs. Ellen Douglas, Frank Gold, Sally Martin, Wilson Mead, John Sterling, Julia Sterling. She actually used over 200 of these. What? Yeah, so. I mean, if you're writing 8,000 songs, 200 aliases seems about you appropriate. Gotta sp- you gotta yeah. spread them out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so she wrote other things like Blessed Assurance, uh, Praise Him, Praise Spoiler Him. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Well, we'll get to these later. Okay. These are definitely on our list. It uh-huh. will happen. Um, we'll be seeing her again on the show. So there has been some criticism of Fanny Crosby and her work. Why? Yeah. Well, some criticized at the time that her work is focused too much on sentimental or experiential aspects of Christian faith rather mm. than like doctrinal truth. Mm. Um, so if you look at um, one of her songs, uh, for example, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, mm. um, is very like about being close to Jesus, stick by, be around. So horrible of her. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I don't really... Focusing so on the relational aspects of Jesus. Right. <laughs> How dare you? Um, so Edward S. Nind, uh, anyway, 1921, wrote, None c- would claim that she was a poetess in any large sense. Her hymns have been severely criticized. Um, a guy named Dr. Julian, the editor of the Dictionary of Hymnology, says that they are, with few exceptions, very weak and poor. And other oh, yeah. than wait, sis, wait, how many hymns did he write? Could you <laughs> probably what? not as many, Dr. Okay. Julian? Uh-huh. Yeah, others insist that they are crudely sentimental. Some hymn books will give them no place, whatever. Just Losers. like bagging and dumping on a blind lady. That is she's, that's the worst. And she's like owning it. They would get they would get scorched on Twitter today. They totally would. They would be owned and and just dunked on so bad. But a defender of hers and among her contemporaries, a guy named George Stebbins said. There was probably no writer in her day who appealed more to the valid experience of the Christian life or who expressed more sympathetically the deep longings of the human heart than Fanny Crosby. So in terms of content, uh, this one, To God Be the Glory, actually bucks the trend a little bit because it is more focused on doctrinal truths and less on the experience. So this is kind of a, a standout among her catalog. Huh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So yeah, I'm actually going to stop there with the Fanny fun facts. That's good. Maybe leave you with one more. What? She is related to Bing Crosby. Ah, clearly. Yes. It makes sense. Yes. Because um, they have the same last name. Right. He's not a direct descendant, but there's a, there, I, I couldn't understand it's some cousins or something. Mm-hmm. But Fanny Crosby, she's incredible. We're going to hear more about her. Awesome. Um, so anyway, are you ready to sing some more, Brian? Let's sing some more. Okay. Let's keep going with To God Be the Glory, verses 2 to 3. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly A pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Praise 
rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. God, you truly have done great things. Uh, You've created this earth. um, You've given us life, um, and you've given us salvation to live with you eternally. And we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings you give each one of us every day, and um, we're eternally grateful to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.